the Girls Gone Wild podcast. This is episode 311. We get to interview Emily Abbott again. She joins us back on the podcast. Claire and I sat down with her, talked about the entire last year and everything that went along with it, the highs and the lows. We are very grateful that she opened up about some pretty personal things. And I think it's just something that we can all have judgments about from the outside, but truly people's experiences are very raw and very real. What she's going through and what she's gone through is very personal. We just are very much in awe of her strength and how she's chosen to take all of these lessons and really develop herself as a person. So enjoy this episode. Don't forget to support the podcast by downloading this episode, sharing with your friends. You can follow us on all the social media outlets and uh, leave us a review. That really helps us out as well. And not only that, just send us an email, girlsgonewad at gmail.com. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us your thoughts. Ask us a question. We love it all. We love hearing from you. And thank you so much for supporting us over the years. Now enjoy this episode with the one and only Emily Abbott. Okay, so let's catch up. Let's okay. start. Let's, let's just go. get going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. Hi. Okay, so <laughs> we I have a question that I want to open with and hopefully this will lead us into all the big year that you've had. Mm-hmm. So if you could go back a year ago today and not be able to change anything, but be able to give yourself some advice, what would you tell yourself? Okay, so it's April 14th, yeah? Yeah. Um, What would I tell myself? Oh, that's such a hard question. (laughs) Um, You know that, like, no matter what you go through in life, like, it's always going to be okay. And that any horrible problem or any, like, terrifying, uncomfortable situation always opens you up to something else. And to just yeah keep moving you know like man the the op like i've just been reading the obstacle is the way and it's like the obstacle is the way so whatever's placed in front of you emily just remember that you that is going through that pain going through anything is what's gonna open you up to a whole nother level of life yeah. Yeah. Claire and I just talked about this last week of um, just that reminder that the only way out of anything really difficult is going through it. It's so easy to want to just go around it and manipulate it the way that you want it to go. And I think that's such a hard lesson for all of us and a good reminder for all of us. It's so hard when you're in it, though. Oh, yeah. When Yeah. You know, everyone, you know, people tell you like, oh, you're going to look back and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yes, but I can't look back right now. I have to like be in excruciating, like emotional pain. And, but yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. Like, like obstacles like that, going through that hard shit, it totally like purifies your heart in a way. And I guess we just have a choice. It's like either become bitter or become better. So. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? That was from a guru uh, in India. He was like this cute little man at this ashram I was at. Um, and he said that. And I was like, man, it's so simple, you know? It really is so simple. So, but yes. Simple, but not easy. Yeah, exactly. So, let's just talk about a little bit what you've done in the last year. Because you've been, obviously, had a huge change. And you have been all over the world. I want to ask, too, when all of that went down last year, like, where did you start with wanting to change? And what was kind of like, how did you get the ball rolling again? 
So, yeah, so, you know, I the band came out from CrossFit and I was obviously devastated. And But in a one way, and actually this is what my coach said, he, uh, it's a husband and wife couple, my coach at most Calgary, um, they said to me, listen, like, it's kind of freeing in a way because you aren't handcuffed by, oops, sorry, you aren't handcuffed by CrossFit anymore. You're not having to train and beat your body up. And so then, oddly enough, I was invited on this trip to go to Israel. And I was like, perfect, I'm going to go. And they said they'd fly me there and whisk me about Israel. And kind of, it was this pro-Israel trip. And it was an amazing trip. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go travel hard. They'll fly me in. They'll fly me anywhere I want to go. And I was like, I want to go to India and all these things, like, it's crazy what happened when happens when you just start living perfectly in the moment. And I just like completely let go and surrender to what life was about to show me. And in those, in that like three and a half, four months of travel, I've, I learned so much about myself, like just hanging out with myself and forgiving myself and learning to love myself and forgiving others around me. And yeah, absolutely incredible. Everything was supposed to happen exactly how it was supposed to happen. I see that now. I think that's a, a great perspective. And I'm sure at that at the moment, them telling you like, you're free, you were like, I don't want to be free. Like, this is what I, you know, put all of my energy into. But I think that I can totally see that, you know, how even just probably days or weeks later, it would quickly feel like, okay, actually, I can see that now. Like I can see, you know, that I, I don't know, I think that would be a cool opportunity kind of for anyone to like, think that you had this plan laid out in front of you. And then all of a sudden, it kind of be like, nope, just, you know, cut the ties and go do whatever you want. Absolutely. And it's so funny. I remember after I won the regionals, I was talking to my mom and I was like, yeah, everything's falling into place, mom. <laughs> and then like hours later, I get this phone call and it was just like, you know, my stomach drop, like just feel awful. And just like, you know, but then I was talking recently to Sam and Jen Dancer and I was telling them about that. And they're like, but everything did fall into place, just not how you wanted. And I was like, oh, Sam, yeah. Sam and Jen, so wise. So I know. Wise. So wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love those guys. So yeah, I don't know. It's been this incredibly like heart opening, life affirming adventure. And man, like it just it it's just complete and radical acceptance of the situation and learning that I can go through anything and now I feel like I have way better tools to I guess not like control life, but like just let go and, and understand and, and really trust that the universe is guiding me on a on a divine path. Right. Kind of like the opposite of controlling life. Yeah, exactly. It's just trusting. What would you say? I hate asking like the, you know, the questions of like, what is the one thing? But what do you think is one of the biggest differences that you see in your own worldview and in your own kind of personality that's changed in the past year? Um, I'm definitely much less um, reactive to situations or people. Um, I'm much more compassionate um, to myself, big time. And I'm, 
yeah, I, I would say those two things are, are number one. Looking back, do you feel like you were not compassionate to yourself before this happened? Yes, absolutely. I was very like, you know, I think like any competitive athlete, like you're very hard on yourself, like, no matter how, how much you, um, you know, say that you don't identify with the sport that you're competing in. But ultimately, yeah, you're being judged. And there's rankings and especially in CrossFit, there's like a cool kids club and, (laughs) you know, so yeah. So, I mean, as much as I, yeah, I'd like to say I wasn't identified with the sport. Like I, I certainly was to some degree and yeah, learning to just let go of that. And now that I'm out of it, like, Oh my God, so much happier. It just like, didn't turn out how I necessarily wanted it to turn out. And it's easy for us to kind of talk about this because we aren't in, you know, for Claire and I, like we're not really in the public eye of like going through public difficulties. And I feel like that just puts on an extra element of you going through a public difficulty or challenge in such a way where like the entire CrossFit community right. knew all about it. All these strangers had Yeah, all so these strangers opinions. got to weigh in. Yeah. And, and I can imagine that that is just an added... 10,000 pounds of uh, just heaviness that you're having to deal with while dealing with your own emotions around what happened. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it was actually in particular quite hard for my family. Like my little sister called me up from Australia and she's like, fuck all those motherfuckers. Like, this is so like, she was like crying about it. And I was like, Sam, don't worry. Like they're not real, you know, like they're not real to me because they're just, you know, words on a screen. Mm -hmm. And so that, but that was a, a, like an invaluable lesson as well. Like not to put so much weight in what people say. And yeah, I had to become more resilient or, you know, anti-fragile through this process. And that's been incredibly opening too, because it's like, man, like it doesn't, what people say about you just does not matter. It, it does not matter. And we so hold on to these like reputations that we think are so important, but really like at the end of the day, they're not like what's most important is, you know, spending time with your family, like loving your friends, being more compassionate and, you know, loving yourself more. So yeah. Was it easy? Absolutely not. And it was really hard actually for my family to like, you know, see all the mud slinging and all that kind of stuff. But that also made us, stronger together and Mm -hmm. even that my fiance you know it made us come together even stronger to be together or to be there for each other so yeah it's you know it's always super dark and then you you see who's there for you in the darkness and then you just keep going yeah and I think that's the there's a question that I really I feel people want to know, but I don't know if it's really their business was what happened to your relationship and how that came out after that whole thing happened. I don't think it's appropriate for you to go into the detail about it, but I do it sounds to me like it did end up strengthening your relationship after all, yeah, I mean, I don't want to go into the details of that, but I just know that I love him dearly and yeah, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> Done. That that's all we need to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um so not to, you know, jump the gun about processing kind of the whole past year, but what have you been focusing on more so for the future and, you know, having gone through 
this traveling and everything, you know, we've seen you say, like, we want to talk about the psychedelic gypsy fitness. I want to talk about, you know, all the different projects that you're working on now moving forward and, you know, leaving behind your soul identity as a cross competitive cross athlete. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's interesting that you say that because I am stripping away or leaving behind the identities that don't serve me any longer and just stepping into this whole new space as a woman. And it's, it's fucking fabulous, ladies. I gotta say, like, I, I'm just totally enjoying myself. And I think that, you know, for a long time, because I was crossfitting all the time and just like working really hard, I was kind of beating my brains out of their creativity, you know, and, mm-hmm. and same with my soul as well, in a way. And it just it became clear to me through this whole thing that I wasn't on, I was not on the right path. And sometimes that's what spiritual two by fours are for, right? <laughs> just to smack you out of the thing that you think you should be doing. Yeah, well, your focus was just so narrow for so long. Exactly. And like these, like Psychedelic Gypsy Fitness and my Abbott the Red Adventures, like they were always on the back burner, but I just never had the energy, the focused energy to make them come to life. Yeah, I remember that. I remember how you were developing that side. And it sounds to me like this was just a push for you to put all of that energy into these projects. Exactly. And and I think before maybe I was I had some self limiting beliefs about them. And I guess I still waver back into that. Like, oh my God, what am I doing? But it's like, no, this feels right. And I'm getting to pour my creativity and my life into this. And it feels so it's so incredible. And yeah, so I'm just uh I'm able to use my creativity now because I can actually rest when I want to rest. I can really use a lot more perspective and understanding when it comes into writing these things and, you know, writing the programming and the intention setting. And, you know, um, really what I want is like, I just want people to feel awesome. I want them to feel, you know, completely 100% sure and at home in the wildness of their bodies. And I want them to, you know, also totally be at home in their bodies when things aren't great when which is inevitable right like we're never going to be happy all the time so yeah I'm just really starting to understand how all these things are coming together and it's it's through the summation of all the events that have happened in my life and um, I am right where I'm supposed to be so I know that your past you were you know always a really really hard worker had you ever been through something difficult to this scale before or was this kind of the, the first really intense thing like this that you had gone through no yeah like this was definitely the most beside okay well I had this crazy like French Canadian coach in basketball that like completely like kicked my ass um so that was tough but it was more in like a like forming formative way mm-hmm. um then I had the besides that I had like the physical drainage of dengue fever and like battling through that But no, like emotionally, like I've never had this kind of emotional pain in my life. Like, oh, I felt like I was like on fire from the inside. Like it it definitely manifested in like physical ways. But yeah, no, never anything this difficult. So I've had a pretty charmed life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I didn't mean it from that perspective, but more just like, you know, was there anything in your past that you could really relate this to? Or was it like all of a sudden, just like you said, a spiritual two by four that was like, holy crap, this is not only incredibly hard, but like the first time that I've, you've ever had to confront a lot of, you know, this intensity. And I, th- I also think it's an interesting like time in your life to go through that. You know, I think that the the age that we are and, um, you know, just 
the generation that we're in, it just feels like there's, it's a cool, cool time to, I guess, be like kind of in your late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties or early forties. If you're joy, <laughs> she's looking at me like, uh, hello um, <laughs> to, because there are so many platforms and opportunities now to be able to kind of like, I don't want to say reinvent yourself, but just become so much more clearer about what you want to do and, but actually be able to do something with that information. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think, Oh yeah. The world's like this incredible place of like, connection and showing you the right thing at the right time. And, you know, as long as we're open to that and I think look at the world through a positive lens um, and through an opportunistic lens, like it's going to show you exactly what you need. And so, yeah. And just also, I think for a lot of my life, I've felt some degree of guilt. And I don't know if that's from generations past or, you know, something that was felt in the womb or I don't know, but I've always carried this very like heavy emotion of guilt and it's just so funny that it became this manifestation of like okay you're guilty when I was you know when I was like oh my god I'm not guilty so it was like this weird juxtaposition of events that it was like oh my god I have to I totally have to let go of that heavy you know guilt on my back like I have to let go of it if I can move forward in a in the you know, life affirming way. And so that was like super interesting to me. And when I did that, all of those self-limiting beliefs, like, okay, you're not good enough. Or like, you may, like, this is probably going to fail or there's something wrong with me. All of a sudden, like I stepped out of that suit and they say that that does happen around 29, which is like the, your Saturn return or whatever, Mm -hmm. every 29 years, the the planet Saturn comes back into orbit or something like that near the earth. And so, yeah, I think it was just like, I stepped out of that spacesuit that actually kept me so closed off from really actually opening my heart to, to love, to trusting other people, to friendship. So yeah, it's been this incredibly, it ripped me open and it, it ripped me open in the best kind of way. I feel like you've always turned to travel so I remember the last interview we did with you. Travel was has always been a big part of your life. I'll never forget the story of you staying. I think it was an Airbnb with this guy who was like leaving granola at your doors. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I was on the the Canary Islands. Yeah, it was and like, so bizarre. and he would like make when he like leave dry granola, but there was like no milk, and you're like, I can't eat this. <laughs> Yeah, he was just like, no, I don't be- like, I don't believe in milk or something like that. And I was just like, oh, thanks. So then I would like, I the first morning I like choked down this granola and. But you believe in granola? Like- yeah, right. And Why can't then you believe I- in like eggs and bacon? <laughs> right. So yeah, then the next morning I got up super early so I wouldn't have to eat it. And I went and got like a delicious like Spanish style breakfast so So, yeah I always so yeah that was like that was what was so incredible because I was like okay like everything just blew up for me like fuck it I'm going on like this big trip and it wasn't even like I just went for it you know I just like packed up my bag and just and just walked it was like kind of almost like Forrest Gump in (laughs) when he just started running Forrest Gump in Forrest Gump yeah Forrest Gump in Forrest Gump when uh (laughs) 
uh, you know, his mama died and he was just like, I need to run. I can't stop running. And it was just kind of like the same idea. Like I just, I kept walking. I just like kept beating the dusty trail with my feet and it was super cathartic. And it brought me, you know, from Israel, I went to Jordan and then from Jordan, I went to India and I stayed in an ashram for a couple of weeks. And that Ooh, was, what was that like? Oh, like I was on a whole new planet. It was so bizarre. Like I was, uh, so a good friend of mine, Heidi, who is a acupuncturist in San Diego, I talked to her after all this happened and she's like, you need to go to Parmarth Nikitan, which is this ashram on the banks of the Ganges in Rishikesh, India. And she's like, that's where you're going to find your soul. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> I'm I, all right, well, I'm going right. there then. I'm going. And so that's where um, that's where I, I showed up. And then it was so, such a bizarre experience because I got there and, you know, I I checked in and to this ashram, which is just a spiritual community, of course. And uh, then I, w- I went to my room, which was like, you know, pretty disgusting, but that's OK. There are mice and bugs and stuff like that. And uh, but then I, you know. I was just kind of like walking around. I was like, okay, what do I do next? Like there's yoga at five in the morning and then there's yoga at four PM and then like a holy hour on the banks of the Ganges. But then in between that, there's just like, I'm like, what the hell do you do? (laughs) And so I was at the canteen and I met this British girl and I was like, can I ask you a question? Like, what, what do I do here? Like, what do I do? And she's like, ah, you must be from the West and you must be new here. And I was like, absolutely. And she's Both like, of those things need- are true. Yeah. And she's like, you need to let go of this Western, you know, obsession with productivity. And I want you to do nothing. I want you to like lay in your bed, not even read, like just do nothing. And so I was like, what? And so I, I turned off my phone and I just... I did nothing. And I learned more about myself in those two weeks than I have like my entire life. And, uh, and that was because I was just still, I was still for the first friggin' time in my life. And I, you know, I heard my soul. I had like a crazy vision after some pranayama breathing. And yeah, it was wild. I feel like doing that is so, I, I've been recently talking to some of my friends and we were talking about traveling outside of the country and how Americans especially are, I don't know, I just think the Western culture, like we're just so, we are stuck on productivity and how different it is everywhere else in the world. And it's like, why do we do that? Like, what is that about? Is it just the competition? Is it fear of missing out? Is it, I mean, did you have any insight of like, wow, this is just, we have it all wrong? And I don't know if we have it all wrong, but it's definitely, we have in the West, this obsession with control. And we think that the busier we are, that means that we're going to form the life that we want. Mm -hmm. But we fail to realize that we have little control and that life is going to form you like how it wants. And it's just, it's, it's gonna it's going to constantly like ask you like what do you want and if you're still enough to yeah it's just this it's this obsession with movement i guess and and busyness and but when we when we are still and this is what i learned in india because in india everything is insane every there's colors there's loudness there's you know people pooping on the side of the streets there's monkeys there's it's just chaos. And so they have learned how to just find like inner peace or like that inner kingdom 
and completely be still and be content within. So I don't know if it's like we've gotten it all wrong, but it's just like, it's definitely, we, we go after the external a lot instead of finding the internal. Yeah, and, and not as in touch of what really is going on within us until we're kind of like slammed in the face with a lesson. Exactly. We're kind of forced to do it. Yeah, and then it's only then do you realize, I guess, your expansiveness right. as you're so much more than just your body, your form. And yeah, India's a trip though. It's like a, a completely different planet. I feel like that is one reason why it's so important, particularly for people who live in basically North America to travel to different, completely different cultures, not just sort of other Western countries, because I think it's so ingrained in us that like time is money you know, if you're not being as productive as possible every waking moment of your day, then you are lazy and you don't really want it. And, you know, whatever those other narratives are. And then as soon as you go to another culture, and even within like there, you know, other Western cultures where they have like siesta or things like that. Like I, I remember traveling to Argentina and having the siesta where all the businesses would close for a couple hours in the middle of the day and thinking no one in America would ever do this because, you know, what about the lost revenue? What about the lost wages? Like, you know, it's all just about time is money and our entire culture and society is built around that concept. So then when you travel somewhere else where that's not the underlying literal foundation of your society, you're just like, whoa. Oh, yeah. There's something more to life than just trying to be as productive as possible and then just like trading my time for my value. Like, whoa. Yeah, it's it's life changing for sure. And then you you realize like, yeah, it's definitely a wake up call. I just think it's bizarre, like that we just accept that. So like sight unseen, like, yeah, of course, time, you know, you're, you're supposed to be productive. Like to your point, you get to the ashram, like, what am I supposed to do? Like nothing. You're so you're actually the the point of this is to do nothing, which is super challenging because I'm like, well, okay, because we're told growing up like, oh, you you have to get more accomplishments, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and basically it all comes down to like your what like what you do and all of your accomplishments define your worth. And but in India, it's you know you the people that are exalted there are the ones who are sitting on the side of the street you know, dressed in their orange holy robes and begging. And basically, those are the holy men. Those are the ones that are like, those are the ballers of that (laughs) society. And it's, yeah, it's completely flipped on, you know, flips our conceptions of what success means on its head. How are you incorporating all of this and everything that you've learned into psychedelic gypsy fitness? What do you hope to do with this project? Right, because a minute ago you were talking about like wanting to keep people throughout through that program and just like kind of through what you're doing now, like wanting to help people learn how to really value and, you know, love and be present in their bodies no matter what. And it sounds yes. like this is really derived from that. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, where do I start? But <laughs> where I am going to start is, so I wanted to take that, that conception like of what India is about and kind of apply it to women. So I read this book called Pussy by uh, Mama Gina. And that kind of started me on this whole idea that, you know, women are taught in the West that to be successful, we have to, to do everything within our on our masculine side, our masculine energy. And I, when I say 
feminine and masculine energies, I could say left brain or right brain. We both, we have this within our bodies. So we're taught that like, yeah, we have to just use logic, grit, hard work, you know, never stopping, never giving up. But we never have been taught how to be successful using our feminine side. And I had completely shut this side off of myself. And, you know, for example, like, oh, I don't feel good. Like, I just want to like cry and nest in my bed. Oh, no, but I have to go train if I want to be the best. So when you continually um, ignore your internal yeses and nos, that's basically a dissociation from your mind and body. And so actually, I mean, I've had even a I've had a pretty tough year in terms that I also had an abortion at the beginning of the year, like way, way back. And I was completely numb to my body. It started this whole journey on basically reconnecting to my feminine energy, to being at home in my body again. And then all the CrossFit stuff happened and it just, it further showed me like, yes, I need to come home to my body and I want to show women how, you know, again, through I don't know everything and through my own process of trial and error that if we embrace our all of our qualities as women, we can be successful in the way that a woman wants to be successful and whatever that success means to you. But I mean, like that could mean, you know, finding more pleasure in your daily life, longing, desire, you know, dancing, moving our hips, like just all around embracing our sensuality because we are these amazing, incredible pleasure vessels that know, like we know things, we hold things in our womb. We, we, our intuitive sense is much deeper. Our ability, our, our ability to become more enlightened is we're just much more in tune to that. So it's, Basically, psychedelic gypsy fitness is elevated fitness for the spiritual warrior, but it's definitely geared towards women to understand that they don't need to train a ton, that you can be super compassionate to yourself, that your body is this ever-changing piece of artwork, and you need to, to send love to it all the time. So I want women to realize that you know, besides the physical, we need to move well, we need to treat ourselves well and not overtrain. But also on the mental side, the spiritual side, our soul side, is that we can find so much just from being still. And we can find so much from, you know, getting back to pleasure. We've been told we're pleasure deprived in this culture, like in the sense that we kind of reach for the external always to get pleasure, but we have so much inside of ourselves. And so it's creating more like sensual practices around that. So yes, I just, psychedelic gypsy fitness is all about um, changing the paradigm of what fitness means to women, which is usually weight loss, getting shredded, changing your butt, all these kind of bullshit things like blast cellulite. But what about like, no, I fucking love my cellulite. Like, I'm just a gorgeous vessel, you know? So I'm, that's what I am setting out to change. Which feels really different from your background in CrossFit and the culture that that is the standard of being shredded, working out really hard. I mean, it kind of goes against everything. So that evolution for you is probably like, wow, this feels like coming home. Absolutely. And like, I still, but here's the thing. So I love like, this whole like feminine side, like and sensuality, but I still love to like, you know, smash weights around and embrace my masculinity and like kick some ass. 
So I think it's like this important, it's, I don't want to go, if I was like, oh yeah, like this, you know, little wilting wallflower, which I don't identify with as in terms of like, that's the feminine side. I don't, but I'm just saying like, I love both of it. And I, I want to be able to like go back and forth between my sensual self and then my, you know, super strong kick-ass self and embrace both of them and cultivate both of them because that is what's so glorious about being a human. And especially that's so glorious about being a woman in, in today. We can choose to do whatever we want, but we cannot forget our feminine, I guess, right brain qualities and how beautiful they are. I think that like the wilting wallflower um, image is what a lot of people think of when they think of some something or someone that is completely full of feminine energy. They they equate femininity with a loss of power. Yeah, like weakness in a way. Yeah, weakness. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and just like, you know, very passive, like a lot of passive yeah, and like, passive yeah. Passive and just, and I think that, I mean, my obviously headspace is very much in this right now, having just had a baby and thinking about, I'm luckily not on maternity leave because I'm unemployed. Um, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, thinking and being so in it with a lot of my friends and women who are going through that and are going through, you know, being in the professional Western world, which is a very masculine space, and then having to come back into that with this new identity, with motherhood and through pregnancy and through all of those things. And and then also that that identity shift within the motherhood transition that feels like you are giving up your power because now you have to you know, really focus on the nurturing side of your personality and you really have to focus on literally other people, you know, like your, your focus is no longer inside yourself. And a lot of people equate that with you have lost your power because you're no longer able to developing longer self focused and you're no longer able to exist in these masculine spaces with the same singularity that you once could, as opposed to seeing like, wow, look at how this has shifted. They think like, wow, look, this went away. And I think that that's, but to your point also, like it's not one or the other, all of those things can and should, you know, exist on a, on a continuum day to day. And, and I think about this a lot too. When I think about like gender identity with children is I just think, you know, yes, there is such, there is clearly a difference between masculine and feminine. And I think that some people, when they think about gender norms and gender roles and gender identities, they think that when you're saying, you know, get rid of gender roles, they're saying combine the genders. And it's like, no, 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 there is definitely feminine and there is definitely masculine. What we're trying to say is that you don't have to pick one or the other. We're saying that there's a continuum and that you can go between the two and you can embrace different things from each side of that. And masculine is not the preference you know like i think that that's the thing is that our society has very much given masculine traits the the preference like that's the standard that's what you should aspire to be is masculine and i think that it is really great to stop and say wait a minute first of all without feminine there would be no masculine because women create all life yeah (laughs) sorry we not sorry sorry not sorry if women were not, were not here and feminine energy were not a huge part of the world, then there would be no life. But also just like that contrast is so, is so cool if you are really truly able to look at it as two sides of the same coin instead of things that are at odds with each other. Well, and, and I mean, that's, I think, especially now, you know, there is this feminine power that's rising and it's very strong. 
However, at the same time, we can't like crush this, you know, the masculine power that already is, you know? So like the feminine power, like that's what I mean. We have to come back to ourselves and keep rising up within ourselves and, you know, reclaiming our bodies and reclaiming our sensuality because that's where our power. And and I'm not saying like, you know, be this like femme fatale kind of thing. And I mean, if you want to do that, that's sick, but it's like, coming back to like, wow, I am like letting go and surrendering as a woman is a super powerful experience. And yeah, is it vulnerable? Absolutely. But you know what I, there's one thing I did learn. I found myself in Peru. And so I did an ayahuasca ceremony and in this ceremony stripped me of all the validations I seek or find through other people or situations or, you know, accomplishments, achievements. And all that was left was me. It was like this soul energy. And it was terrifying because I just had to be with myself. With It was just like this, it was this nothingness, but at the same time, it was an everythingness. And I saw this great, I was transported out of my body and I saw this amazing ocean of energy, of source energy, and which was also very terrifying. And then when I came back to my body, like Mother Ayahuasca showed me, and it's like, until you love yourself completely and fully and, you know, just absolute love for yourself, the deepest love you could ever have, all of the other doors in your life will start opening up. And I could see all these doors opening up for me. But it was only until I like truly loved and accepted myself. And I think really that's at the base of the human condition is that we all just want this love and acceptance, but we go out in life and we search for it in other places when through achievement, through, you know, busyness, through production, through I get so much stuff done. I'm this super whatever. Yeah. Like, how do you feel like you were trying to, to satisfy that need through, you know, being this machine like, oh, I can you know, I'm good all the time. Like I'm happy, happy, happy. Like I can, I can CrossFit all the time and, you know, train hard. And, you know, I wanted that accomplishment and achievement, you know, and I always kind of felt like, oh, maybe I'm not doing enough because I'm not like academically achieving as well. And it was like either academics or sports that that's where I would find that, I guess that validation or, you know, like, oh, I have a lot going on. It's so funny because when I got to India, it's like, Nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about what you do or how old you are. You know, you just talk about life in that moment. But yeah, so like I let go of all that because none of those things, I mean, it's great to do them. And yeah, you have to have goals, but there's something so much more eternal within us. And when we start to be with that and learn that and have that relationship with ourselves, basically what's, what's, what happens and what I didn't understand at the time, because the shaman told me, when you start to lead with your heart, everything will open up to you in amazing ways. And I, I had no clue what that meant. But yeah, it's when you let go of this need for external validation of your worth, that you really come home to yourself. And it doesn't matter what happens in my life. Um, you know, if it doesn't, it just doesn't matter, because I know that within me is this pure eternal source energy and this beautiful conscious soul that is leading me on my divine path. Is there anything you miss about before all this happened? Is there anything you miss about the 
immersion into the competitive world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the day, I'm still this very like competitively driven person. And it's funny. I was just talking to my man about that. I was like, I'm kind of like a little bit concerned because I'm totally okay right now, not being competitive or not training for something. And that's been such a big part of my life. And it's like, yeah, how long have you been doing? How long have had you been competing? Like about around five ish years. And then before that, I was like a hardcore basketball player. Yeah. So, so that was a huge piece of your identity. Huge piece. Yeah. And so now I'm just like, yeah, like I'm in this completely unknown space. And that's a, and at first that really terrified me. But now I'm like, I'm so okay with that because when you're in this, you know, unmanifested place, that's the place for all manifest manifestation. So like anything could come up, I'm just going to stay open to what, you know, moves me. Um, so I actually, I re- recently picked up jujitsu, and I'm super into that. But oh, I really um, try you've tried? No, I really want to. That's like my, my number, like two thing on my list of physical things that I want to get back, not get back into that I want to try after I'm done rebuilding my core. Yeah. Human. What was what's your number one thing? Uh, well, I want I really want to get back into skiing, but that's I'll probably be able to try jujitsu first since it's the end of the ski season. <laughs> um, absolutely. I would love to talk to you more too one time about like your pregnancy experience and like what it means to rebuild your core and all those things. Yeah, it's gnarly. <laughs> like it, it means a lot it, well, but that, I think that, that even goes back to like the conversation about you know how like with pregnancy and postpartum and I don't I won't get into the whole thing but it really is like it's a competition like how quickly can you get back to the person you get your were, body back yeah, and how quickly yeah. there's no conversation or there's very little conversation around instead moving into this new person and it's like it's all just about going back to who you were and getting your body back and, and, you know, getting back out there. And I just want to get back to these things. And that's all of the conversation, all of the verbiage about it is going back. And it just drives me crazy because it's like, I have, I am a The culture has been that you have to go back. It's always back, back, back. And now I think, I think there's a great movement and has been a great movement over the past, I'd say five to 10 years of people not probably not even 10 years, like more five years of people going, people going, this is, there's no back. You know, I am a new person. There's no, like, I have to get pressure to get my body back because Gwyneth Paltrow did or whatever. Right. Um, Yeah. Oh my God, she has a six pack already. Like six weeks post-pregnancy. It's like, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. And, but I think I hear like that experience. I think like, you know, the, the motherhood transition can be, can be um what's her i'm looking for joy when like things are similar but analogous yeah to she just nods at me until i get the word um yeah <laughs> she's encouraging uh analogous to really any transformative event in your life where people are asking you you know how are you going to get back to where you were and the, the assumption is that you want to just go quote unquote back to normal quote unquote back quote unquote normal like right. you know and there's so little room for or encouragement for growth. And, you know, hearing you talk throughout this conversation, the feeling and like the image that I just keep thinking of is like pulling, 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 pulling at an, at like a, a knot. And then all of a sudden being able to realize, Oh, this thing is actually snagged. 
and now I can undo the snag and it's and free it. Whereas this whole time I've been trying to pull out this knot in order to free it. And all I was doing was making that tighter. And then you turn around and are like, wait a minute, actually it's caught on this little thing. And it's like, boop. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And that's surrender, right? That's like not prescribing to the bullshit that society's and as for women, we're damned if we do and we're damned if we don't. Yeah. And so it's like basically just letting go of the beauty standards and all of these like, oh, you're a stay-at-home mom. Oh, oh, you're a working mom. Oh, like it's just all – We there's no space for us just to be. And right. it's all or, about these categories. And it's like, oh, it's exhausting. Yeah, or even like, oh, you're not a mom. Oh, you know, yeah. like, there's just so many – well, and I think, you know, I'm, I am really grateful that you shared with us about your abortion because I think that's also something that a lot of people go through and it can like really rock your identity around that of like, you know, do, you, you disconnect from your body, you disconnect from, I think a lot of people disconnect from their bodies, disconnect from that experience. And again, it's just, okay, go back to normal, pretend it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Like this is, you know, yeah. it's supposed to be this shameful thing that you need to cover up and not talk about. And when in reality, it's a not maybe not common but it's not an uncommon thing to go through at all no actually I was reading because I'm actually writing a blog post about it but I was reading this article and it's like it says that one in four women under the age of 55 will have an abortion in their lifetime and of course that's going down now with you know people getting more aware and whatnot but you know what I've read about this whole abortion thing like when I post-abortion I was trying to work out I was trying to like just go about my life like it was completely normal. And I wasn't ever, I didn't recognize the actual loss that my body just experienced. I thought my mind, like I always have, you know, through growing up in a very, you know, masculine way of doing things that my mind could overcome it. But I was so, so wrong. And it completely humbled me because it's like, no, actually, for the first time in my life, I had to listen to my body and actually like create this relationship to it. And I do believe that procedures are typically safe, but it's the meaning we give to them um, that can be either healing or damaging. And I guess I just used that experience that like I don't regret it. However, like, I mean, it was very tough. But it also led me down this entire path of learning how to self-heal and get back and, I guess, create situations where I can have embodiment. It was a completely transformative experience on its own, even though it was so unpleasant. And I guess that's what I'm learning from life is that these gnarly, unpleasant situations, like, open you up to so much more. Yeah, we just had last week... Um, we're, again, we were kind of talking about talking a little bit about like my mental health and postpartum and one of the moments from the podcast and the quotes from the podcast that seems to have really hit a chord with a lot of people was we were talking about that easy doesn't always equal good and hard doesn't always equal bad. And mm-hmm. we're so taught that like if something is hard, that must mean that it's wrong and yeah. you need to just go towards what's easier because easy is, you know, easy is positive and hard is negative, but like that's not actually true and if we never went through anything hard then we would kind of suck as people oh absolutely we'd be duds i yeah i i I completely agree like i think pain is super transformative and it doesn't mean we have to go out and seek pain because life is inevitably going to hand you something this past year i feel like i am so awake and so aware of what's going on inside of me and what it is that i need and then also how that is admitted to my the relationships in my life 
man, it's been it's been incredible. It's been incredible. We'll wrap up here in a, in a second. But when you went through everything with the CrossFit community last year, how did that affect if, if it did the relationships you had with all the other athletes? Were they like was the, was the response pretty supportive? Did you lose friendships? Did friendships evolve? Uh, I'm going to be completely honest. They all disappeared. So the only ones, and you know what? I'm sure if I like reached out to some of the athletes, they'd be cool. But really, like the only ones that have stayed in touch are Sam and Jen Dancer and uh, Lucas Parker. And that's it. Not a word from like, uh, there were a few athletes, I guess, that like reached out and said like, hey, stay strong, like that kind of thing, but pretty much nothing, which was to me super telling um, about yeah, just the community. that kind Mars. of like breaks my heart and pisses me off. Well, but you have to understand they're, they're operating from this like fear-based world yeah. where they basically cross with says like they don't give a shit. And if you like cohort with the wrong people, <laughs> you know. Oh, what a well, weird world. It's so weird. Oh, it's so but, weird. It's super weird, <laughs> but that's okay. You know what? Like, I don't, I do not blame anyone. Yeah, I'm not, of I'm course. Yeah. I, I, it's the, but, but sometimes the lack of response says a lot, you know, I feel like that's just interesting. And, and I don't know what your relationships with, to everyone was before, yeah. but I just would assume because when I'm in the gym and I'm in my community, I know if I'm going through a hard thing, all my friends that are in the CrossFit community are going to be around me and be like, I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. what can we do? I support you. But that's just, I don't know, maybe it's different with the competitive world. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that they were pretty much like not there. But you know what? I got a ton of support from the CrossFit community at large, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I have since that, like going into new gyms and stuff, it's always like, pretty tough for me to like go into a new gym because you know I'm like okay people know everything basically about me and so that's like always pretty uncomfortable but everyone's also pretty damn cool and still just awesome and just want to like work out and have a good time there's a lot of um amazing CrossFit gyms out there with great owners and great people and yeah so we've talked a little bit about psychedelic gypsy fitness you talked a little bit about the um adventures mm-hmm. uh, you know traveling adventures what is the thing you're most excited about for the next couple months for you yeah well i just ha- ran a, a, an abbott the red adventure down in mexico with sam and jen dancer and it was so much fun yeah, like it i looked like fun oh my god i laughed like a little girl for like the whole thing People, the people were so cool um, that came down. Um, so the next is I'm just going to continue to grow and develop psychedelic gypsy fitness and kind of get the word out there that, you know, you we got to dial it back and get back to ourselves and come home to ourselves and really understand why it is we love to lift weights and train and then also develop that spiritual practice, the spiritual side of things. But then also I'm just currently trying to run uh, or get – all the information together to run an Abbott the Red Adventures in Hawaii on oh. a walk. So I'm currently structuring that. And so I'm super stoked about that. Um, when is I that going to be? Yeah, when's that going to be so we can put that on our calendar? <laughs> yes, November-ish. And I would, okay, for real though, like this time you guys are coming. Yay! <laughs> that would be and so like, fun. I still remember we talked about that at our last interview yeah. too, where we are just like, let's just jump in the water naked. <laughs> Right? Push it out. Push it out. 
so Let's great. Do it. So actually, yeah, my vision for this is like I would love to host like a you know a women's retreat where we have speakers and healers and you know all types of people come in. And like I think it would be so cool too to even like you know you could sling your child on your back if you want to do that too unless you need a break but I don't know it's just like I want that's what I want I want like I want to bring women together and realize that we're so connected and powerful together and we have to keep rising up and also rising up the you know divine masculine energy as well I love that because I also think about anytime you know just bringing women together in a place that's and you're putting together something that is fostering community as opposed to it's fine to do workouts. But that I think just innately, we just feel competitive when you put us in a workout together or like, you know, Claire and I do trips and we'll do workouts or we'll do activities. Yeah, I'm a little competitive. So it's but it's like nice to kind of I feel like the whole messaging too around what you're doing is let's kind of go back to the basics of community and connecting to our souls and connecting to our sisterhood. And I just think that's really important. Like we don't always have to be focused on health in terms of working out and being fit and all that crap. Like what was the meme you posted yesterday or the saying you the quote yesterday you posted somewhere? It was like, body acceptance isn't about accepting your body. It's accepting that you're not your body. Yeah. What was it? Is that what it was? Yeah. So it's like, it's something like it's like that piece where I think we just continuously need that reminder to be like, can we just, you know, be fit in other ways? Like, let's expand what that means. I'm trying. Yeah. I've been trying so yeah. hard to have this like Mexico trip that we're doing. Like it's coming up in over Labor Day, and I've been trying so hard. Like basically every day, I have this tug of war with my mind about like being, you know, quote unquote, having the baby weight and stretch marks and all these things. And I'm like, man, I gotta get in shape before Mexico. Then I'm like, wait, no, stop, man, I gotta get in shape before. No, wait, stop. Yeah, stop like, it, stop it, I'm stop not. doing that. Yeah. Like, yeah, and even with like the food police, right? Like the yes. food police in your mind, like, oh my god, don't eat that. Da, 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 da. Like. No, fuck that. It's exhausting. Yes. I want to focus exhausting. on things. That, yeah, I want to focus on things that really matter. You know right? what? You know what? I have recently been something just hit me recently. I think we have, I feel like we have to have a whole another other episode about this fact that I'm about to say. I, I was bo- drop the bombs at the end of the episode, but it just yeah. came to me and it's very important. Is like we cannot have emotions tied to all this food crap that we're going through, right? Like I I'm, I'm simplifying it, but like for example, saying like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to have lunch today. And, and I have to have the quote unquote healthy lunch because that will make me emotionally feel better. No, no, no. We, we should never go into any type of meal with the outcome of what's my mood going to be. Like you should go into it just being like, throw the emotions out the window. Now I know that's just like very, very much simplifying the whole thing. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, why are we going into meals with like emotions around it? Yeah, or like stress, like or oh stress. God, eating out. Like, I'm gonna. So yeah. anytime I go into that mindset lately, I'm like, okay, if I'm gonna go into a meal and I'm already stressed out about it, I'm like, I need to completely stop that right now. Like, am mm-hmm. I going into a meal because I'm just working on my biology and my, and my hunger cues, or am I going into it with like this emotional relationship of like t- tug of war, like Claire just said. Like that just needs to go out the window completely. Like emotions need to just not be a factor in what we put into our bodies to fuel our beautiful selves. <laughs> I know. Or being like, oh my God, I hope I that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Am I going to lose my abs if I eat this? Like, fuck that. Like, yeah. It's oh. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It so, and it's, it's, you know what? It's a form of 
control ultimately that we've been, you know, conditioned to think this way. Right. And it's, it's super damaging. And yeah. actually I read because I, this happened to me and I know you dropped this bomb and we're supposed to wrap up, Yeah. but I was macro counting for a couple of months before all the CrossFit stuff went down and I was like doing really well. My body composition was dope, but I didn't feel super great. And then stopping macro counting actually was like a mind fuck. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, oh my God, what am I supposed to eat? Like if I'm not weighing and measuring it, like what does that even mean? And I was, and I've heard actually a lot of women go through this. Like all of a sudden when there's no control, you're just left out in outer space with all this food and you're like, I don't know what to do anymore. And so it actually brought up a lot of weird stuff for me. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I have this food police. I have this emotion wrapped around food. And so I actually read um, Evan Tri Evelyn Tribolet's Intuitive Eating. Yes. Great book. And yeah, just, and just again, coming back to, I know what I should put in my body and I know what feels good and I want nutrient dense food, baby. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like screw everything else. Like, yeah. and I still struggle with it. I'm not going to lie. I still am like, Oh, I just ate like four bowls of popcorn. Like, <laughs> uh Oh, <laughs> but I'm like, whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we've talked about that a lot. We, both of us did macros a couple of years ago and both of us had different kind of recovery periods from it. But that one of the things that, we always come back to is like, you know, counting macros is a tool. It can be used effectively, but what it can also do is strip you of the, any sort of intuition whatsoever around your own hunger and fullness. And yes. then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what's a hunger cue? Like, I don't have a timer going off telling me when to eat like my fourth meal. And yeah, it's, it's been, it's interesting to me. And I feel like I always sort of bring up this, the perspective of like little like babies and little kids, but like they don't, you know, they eat when they're hungry. They don't eat when they're not hungry. And as an adult, like trying to not control that and be like, you know, have my three-year-old say, I'm not hungry and not be like, yes, you are eat your dinner and being like, okay, you're not hungry. Or, you know, my baby being like, Oh, it's been a while since she ate, but she's still asleep. So she must not be hungry and realizing like from literally day one, our most innate body function is telling us hunger and fullness. And yet yeah. by the time that we're, you know, some of us young teenagers or before, but definitely by the time we're in our adulthood, we have been basically told, don't trust your own body's hunger cues because it, you know, you're just going to get fat. As if, first of all, right. getting fat is as the worst if, thing yeah, that as if, to you. Yeah, as if that's like the worst thing that could happen to you. Like, give me a break. Yeah. yeah. But then like, that's the fear. Like yes. the outcome is you're going to get fat. Right. It's like, and, like that's what? That's the worst thing. That, oh, uh, I feel so like messed this is, like, up. a whole other episode. Yeah. Another episode. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually something that is really close to my heart because I just ultimately just do not think, like you said, it can be used as a tool, but most people don't use it as a tool. It's they a don't. Form of control. They use it and as a form of control and punishment and punishment. Um, like this way of, of um, meeting this goal that is so uh, you're That's worthy that. if you meet yeah. your macros at the end of the day and you've accomplished this great feat. It is such bullshit. And I'm yeah, just going to go on record worthy, saying that. Yeah. Yeah. You're worthy if you have a six pack mm -hmm. and if you're shredded. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, is that is really like, is it my whole life is just supposed to be about a six pack? I remember, and we'll wrap up because again, this, yeah. week, but uh, we talked to Sheree Chan about this once who, uh, and she was like, 
I just don't get before and after photos. You have your after photo. Now what? Like you still have to go live your life. Like, right. you know, what about the next day? Yeah. You've already defined your after. Like, yeah. sorry, you're right. going down from here. Why are we valuing one type of body over another? Yeah. Right. Well, Which not only that, as we talk about how much we evolve all the time, your body is not meant to stay the same size and shape forever. Mm-hmm. And every inch and ounce of your body fat or whatever body pieces that are on you, like your legs or your abs, or your arms, are meant to evolve and change. And it's just so and I know we could go on and on and on about this. And I know our listeners are smarter, smart enough to know that this all comes from social media and expectations and magazines and all of that that has been around for years and years and years. But I think just we need to continue to make sure people are aware of how easy it is to slip into that. Because I was I case in point, I fell into it because I was like, oh, it's just kind of like what everyone else is doing. And then before you know it, you're like, oh, my God, this is taking over my mind. And like, oh, my God, I don't have a period anymore. And like, oh, my God, I'm well, and it's the like, the problem starts externally, but it is quickly internalized. Yeah. And I think so all of us have people need to be aware. Like we had a couple eating disorder experts on years ago, and I will never forget. They were like, it all starts like how do eating, eating disorders start? And they were like, it all starts with a diet. And I was like, that's bullshit. Like, I, I don't think it starts with a diet. Well, guess what? It starts with a fucking diet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like fuck just diet. A, just a thirty day challenge. I'm just gonna do a thirty day challenge. <laughs> like it's that's how it starts. How I'm like just to like put this full circle. It's like that's where the sensuality piece comes in because we don't understand that our bodies aren't these static canvases. They're changing all the time. So that's where self love and sensuality and feeling juicy and alive in your own skin. Yeah, and also knowing that yeah, you aren't your body like. You're actually, when you close your eyes and meditate, all of a sudden the borders disappear and you're just this expansive energy. Yeah. So that's what psychedelic gypsy fitness is about, is getting back to that. Like it's, and not even getting back. Maybe, yeah, we're elevating upwards. We're, We're spinning upwards to learning to just absolutely love the skin we're in and also there's something beyond that yeah there's this great line have you seen the movie 180 south yes there's this great line in that movie that i love and that i always think of when it comes to like the difference between going back to something versus sort of evolving into it and it's if you get to the end of a cliff and do a 180 and walk the other direction which way are you moving you know because and it's sort of like Mm. we are so obsessed with just constantly moving forward but like if you get to the edge of the cliff yeah you have to turn around but like you're turning around and walking the other direction because you've gained wisdom and because you've gained experience and you've gained the, you know, you know not to freaking walk off the cliff and that walking forward for the sake of walking forward is not always the point. But mm. quote unquote going back is also not always going back. It sometimes is, yes, Returning. you're right, yeah. exactly. You're, you're going maybe, you know, technically, yes, you, you're going back, but like you're actually moving forward. Ooh, mm. that's a great place to end. Yeah. <laughs> Let's end well, on thank that. Thank you so much, Emily, Emily. This has been so lovely catching up with oh, you. Thank you so much, ladies. And thank you for speaking with me. And it's just been super cool to watch your channel grow and you're putting out such good stuff. And I love it. Well, we've always been a fan of yours and you're welcome back anytime. Tell our listeners where they can find you if they don't already know where Psychedelic Gypsy Fitness is and all your other channels. Uh, yeah. So check out psychedelicgypsyfitness.com. You can also find me on YouTube at Psychedelic Gypsy Fitness. Uh, I also have Abbott the Red Adventures, but that's all linked through my Instagram, Abbott the Red, Psychedelic Gypsy Fitness, ATR, 
adventures. So can you spell yeah. the word psychedelic real quickly for folks? P S Y C H E D E L I C. Thank you. Such a great word. It is a great word. And I was sitting here and I was like, yeah. psychedelic, psychedelic, psychedelic. <laughs> <laughs> Psychodelic. Yeah, some days I'm psychodelic. What's the so. vowel in the middle? It's an E. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Thank so you much, so Emily. much for spending the time with us, Emily. We'll be in touch with you soon. All right. Love you guys. Take love care. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.